so for the for the past couple of weeks we've been doing the identity and for tonight we're going to be doing this one. Uh, I don't know how to approach this when I had to do this topic. Because uh, most people think of discipline of, as punishment. Yes, there is a certain amount of, there is one side of it that discipline is punishment. But there's, there's many facets in discipline. Discipline, being disciplined means basically to be obedient. And more specifically, obedience towards God. Spiritual leaders are us. 
And one of the jobs those those spiritual leaders had over us is to protect us. Yeah? Protect us. And yes, and sometimes, listen to this, very sometimes, a lot of times, that spiritual leader's job comes down to protecting you from yourself. Because we as people, when our human side starts taking over, we don't make the best decisions. Especially when we do not know God in our decisions. That's why God appoints those spiritual leaders over us. To protect us from ourselves. It's very important that we, and that we accept Remember, if you if you look at if you look back at the, the, the morning services uh, on the kingdom honor, uh, it's very important that you accept that spiritual leader's guidance, yeah? and you have to be obedient, right? and then also accept the correction, because right? with obedience comes correction. Especially if you're disobedient. If you're disobedient in one area, your spiritual leader will correct you. Right? And it's for you to accept that correction and follow the plan that God has for your life. Now, there's one very well known story in the Bible that tells us what happens if we are disobedient. You should remember the story of Jonah, right? When God gave Jonah a very important job, right? And he had to go to Nineveh and tell those people that if they do not stop sin, God will swear. Right? But he didn't want to do that job because he was afraid. Why? Because they, the Nineveh, well, they were very, very savage people, right? And they were the enemies of the Hebrews. So what did he do? He ran away. Right? And it's strange how people still do that today. That they think by getting instruction from God and thinking, okay, God, wait a minute, this, this is not for me. Right? So I'll ignore it, I'll just go this way. Right? Do you really think that you can run away from God? Right? But yet people try. They tried many times. I know, me personally, myself, I've tried many times in my life. But he's always right in the end. Doesn't matter how fast I run, how far I run, God is always there. So, and what is the end of the story of Job? What happened to him? Right? How did God prove his point? Right? It's all about a big fish. I mean, if that's not God proving his point, then, then what is? Yeah. Now, we therefore have to learn from the story that we have to be obedient to God. Right? Because disobedience comes at a price. Right? Disobedience is it's, it's not free. You're not going to get away with it. 
There's a price for everything. I mean, in your everyday life, if you go to your job and your boss gives you an instruction, fine, and you decide to yourself, you know what, I'm not going to do what he tells me, I'm going to do my own thing. You think you'll have a job for pretty much longer? Same thing with God. If God gives you an instruction, and if you follow it, right, God will find somebody else. Right? And what happens then? Right? You've lost part of your purpose. Right? Your purpose will come around again. Maybe two years down the line, ten years down the line, maybe three years down the line. That is the price that you pay for being disobedient towards God. Discipline is a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very rough thing to handle in life. So especially us as grown-ups, right? um, we think we pass the, the, the phrase in our, in our lives that we need discipline. It cannot be further from the truth. We will be needing discipline in our lives till the day that we need discipline. That is why, again, why I say that, that's why God has ordered leaders over us. Right? To help us along that route that God has planned for our lives. Right? If we look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33, in Amplified it says, For God, who is the source of the prophesied, is not a God of confusion and disorder but of peace and order, as is the practice in all churches of the same, of the saints, God's people. Right? I mean, can you, for one minute, think, right, how chaotic life would be, right, if we didn't follow what 1 Corinthians 14, 33 tells us to do, right? So for example, right, whether it is the pastor in front here that's bringing the message from God, or if it is one of God's servants, right? Can you imagine the chaos if the Zephyr and Hubu were busy with their own discussion, and the new and Nehru is busy with theirs, right? And everybody's busy with their own conversation, and can you imagine the chaos that would create? Right? And God is not a God of chaos, He's a God of order. That's what we need to realize. And if we have order in our spiritual lives, order will automatically flow through to our personal lives, our earthly lives. Right? Because you can't have order in one and not in the other. Right? You cannot expect to have order in your spiritual life, but have total chaos in your personal life because you don't, do not know and recognize God in your decisions and then think that the one is removed from the other. The one and the same, your spiritual life and your fishing life has to be together. Right? You cannot have chaos in the one and the other. It will not work. Now, look at the definition of obedience. Right? The short and straightforward version of obedience is you do as you are asked. This is what I'm saying. Do as you ask, not do as you are told. Right. 
Because asking is different than being told. Because most people, I take myself, I don't like to be told what to do. Okay? Uh, and I always had this saying that I said, you know what, the only one that will tell me what to do is God. Okay? But in preparing this message, I realized that I'm wrong. Because I have to follow the guidance from our spiritual needs as well. Now, I mean, if you're going to do something, if you do as you are asked, right? How are you going to do it? Especially, you're going to do it the first time you're going to do it right, and you're going to do it after that. Because how many people, if you ask them to do something in front of you, they will say, oh, no problem. But as soon as you leave, they will go like, why do they have to ask me? Why do they ask somebody else? Right? That doesn't come down to obedience. Because you're complaining about it. Right? If you were obedient, you would have done as you were asked without complaining. Right? And you have to be cheerful about it. Right? I always said to my wife once that I will complain about a lot of things at home. Right? Uh, she asked me to do something, I said, like, I'll get it. Right? But let the church fall. I'll talk when I'm busy with it. Now, obedience can be looked at in a lot of different ways. 
Uh, I, mean, I mean, we've all spoken about this. How many times it says in God's word, do not fear, do not be afraid? No? It's, it's hundreds of times. Right? Why I was thinking of this is I saw a video that a pastor in Nigeria right, tried, he was preaching a sermon about don't fear. And while he's reading the scripture, he takes off. Right. Right? That whole congregation jumps up. Right? Because half of the horses stop running. And then he comes walking back. And he says, Didn't God's word just tell you? Do not fear. But yet, when I took around, you all have it. Right? So effectively, effectively they were disobedient to what God's word is telling. Now, there's another one that I, this, this one I struggle with big time, another facet of discipline, and that of course is self-discipline. Right? I mean, it's the biggest challenge that you'll face on a daily basis. Self-discipline is not something that you're going to do today, and then, okay, you're going to be fine, and then carry on for the next six, seven months, and then suddenly, okay, no, now there's a problem, now you have to self-discipline. It's not how it works. Self-discipline starts every morning, right? finishes into night, either with you winning or you losing. Right? And I think, I think it's appropriate for me to confess today that I lost today. Right? Uh, I have a my, one of my things that I have to work on about self-discipline, and uh, self-discipline is got a lot of areas that you must look at in your life. And my one is the one thing that really grinds me, right? is I have an extremely low tolerance for stubbornness that leads to stupidity. Right? I've got an extremely low tolerance for that. And it's much better. I, I was much worse. <laughs> Through God's help, I'm getting it. But today was just one of those I lost the fight. But, but I immediately knew when I lost that fight, I knew that I had to repent to God. Mm. Okay. Which I did, and I firmly believe that God has to but so every single one sitting here tonight has one of those little things, the thing that flips you upside down. Everyone's got that one little thing. Right? And all I can say is that you need to pray to God that His Holy Spirit will reveal to you what that thing is. Right? And it brings us to our next scripture, Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable 
and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. I mean, the scripture tells us that we shouldn't conform to our fleshly world. Right? All the worldly things around us. Right? I mean, the world comes in all sorts of different colors, shapes, and flavors. Right? And temptations. And there's so many temptations for us each and every day. And believe me, when I tell you this, if you try to fight those temptations on your own, you will lose. You have to have God on your side. You have to know God in all things. Otherwise, you're going to lose the fight. So it comes down to that you have to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Does the scripture tell us pray without ceasing? So then the question is, why don't we practice it? I mean, I'll be the first one to put up my hand to say that I'm guilty also. And this really comes down to now, to that saying that we've heard many times. I have to practice what I preach. And it's not always that easy. Because we as people will have a lot of excuses. Why, why can't I spend five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes during your lunchtime with God? Because it's more important talking to your buddies. Could you have used that time more wisely? By well having a chat with God. I think that would be better time to speak. So, all we can say about self-discipline is, is bottom lines. Practice, 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 and practice some more. Right? Until you get it right. Because self-discipline is not something that you get and it's done. It's not how it works. Right? It's a thing that you have to practice. Right? And you have to, and when I say practice, I mean actually, you, know, you have to repeat. Right? Do it wrong, repeat it again. Until you get it wrong. Yeah? Makes me think of, you know, like, for the older people, yeah, who remember the vinyl, the vinyl LPs, right? When that thing had a scratch on, that thing would stay at the same place, right? And if you have a shortcoming in your life, you have to be like that vinyl. Stick with that thing until you get it right. Do not move on until it is fixed. Because putting it, I'll, I'll get to it later, right? this one is a little bit more important, I saw something else. Right? You're, you're not going to go back to that. That's just how we are as people. We will move on and we'll forget about it. And then we will wonder why plans are not working out. Why is God not revealing 
is purposeful. It's because of that one thing that we packed there on the back shelf. Now, another situation. Basically, what it comes down to, you cannot worship. Maybe worship is not the right Let's go see worship. You cannot worship like personal things in your life. You can only worship God. Right? Only God. God will not accept you. You know, once you start putting something more important above God, that becomes worship to you. Right? So, worship only God. Right? God should be the most important thing in your life. The most important thing. Right? That means that you have to, and, and we must, we must do this, we have to reject our word worldly thoughts. Right? And cling to God's word and his promise. Right? And what promise am I talking about? God's will for us is good and acceptable and complete. The plan he has for us are good and there is a future and hope. Jeremiah 29 11 in the Amplified says, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. If we keep clinging to our old sinful nature and thoughts, then God's will for our lives will obviously be moved to the back burner. And yet we sing songs. We pray the our Father, and we say, hey, I will be done. But as soon as we walk out of those doors, it's no longer God's will, it's our will. Father, we confirm and accept that we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
no one will go to you quite but by him. So I ask that you go and become with every single person there and keep them safe until we meet again. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.